So, no, I keep doing that. I keep starting like, so, 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 so buttons, so button. <laughs> I need a, I'm going to program a so button into my. Uh... <laughs> That's funny. That's clever. Careful. <laughs> Do not give Chris any good ideas. This is called 50 Million Buckaroos. This is Chris. I couldn't talk to my phone to make my lights turn purple. La-di-da. Computer was a gateway. You know, we all want the internet to exist. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. So it's cool. Cool. This is Shiny Podcast. Following the light and throwing a little shade on the newest and brightest in space gaming and technology. This week, we have some some things that are, you know, a little a little prickly for me. Um, I imagine they'll be prickly for for Chris and some other people listening. But that's just kind of that's just kind of what what we do now, right? We <laughs> the start world prickly, that we live in. <laughs> but I think we're going we're we're gonna get better. It's gonna get it's gonna get more positive as time goes on. That's how yeah, so that's we'll, the arc of this episode. We'll be more pear than prickly at the end, yes. I'm sure. Yes. And and so we we've, we've got a little little bit of an update on the um the the vote uh from the EU um with um having to do with kind of a a, a free and open internet as it as it were. Um a little bit uh, a, rather a few updates from Microsoft. Uh just just kind of their planning going forward with Windows 7 as well as um, some information about uh, some updates that they might be rolling through relatively soon. That's kind of annoying. Um, Apple iPhone had their uh, iPhone um, event this uh, past week, a couple days ago. So a couple, couple new devices, and then uh, wrap it up with some uh, updates on the casting for the Witcher series that Netflix is putting on, which is cool. Which is pretty cool. I'm glad that that like has progressed to the casting phase because I was a little worried it wouldn't get there. I think if it I'm means that it's totally real honest. now. I yes. think it means that it's real. It's a, that, it's a real thing. Yes, exactly. Right. At the I, top, I do not... I, I must admit that I do not fully understand this. To the extent that I... I understand that uh, for a while now, we've been talking about the European Union and their attitude at the highest levels of their continental government. The, 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 the wide arc with which they have swung their legislative and, and, and jurisdictional uh, hammer recently, right? We talked about it when they were finding Facebook and Google right out of the gate with the GDPR. Right. And I think at that time, we sort of wondered if if that was the end of it and if they might, in fact, overstep some bounds soon, given the style in which they were attacking some of these technical problems, which are very much um, problems of our era. So when I read that the that the. European Union is 
trying to beef up their enforcement of licensure on the internet, I don't, I don't a fully understand how they're planning on doing that, and b <laughs> fully understand how they're arriving at their their jurisdiction in this case. Yeah. So perhaps you can enlighten me as to you know how this is supposed to work. I will certainly try, but I, I, I think I do have to agree with you there that I don't know quite exactly how they're going to enforce it. I think one specific case that I can kind of point to that might be the way that they'll do it, or maybe, you know, just an example of, of a way that they might do it is a say, for instance, you um, have a YouTube video and you have a parody song uh, but it uses uh, the same um, chord progression piano chords for uh, a Beethoven song, um, which I, I'm pretty sure is is you know free and open use. It's in the public domain. Uh, it's in the public domain. Yeah. But but say 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 you wanted to do a parody of maybe something that does uh, does is or is not in the public domain, but it's still you know a parody and you know technically falls under parody law. Um, Google and and YouTube can go and uh, uh, basically uh, file a complaint on your video uh, due to you using potentially licensed materials and now you can protest that and you can appeal that decision but they can keep doing it over and over and over and over again and basically kill any motivation that you might have to continue to create content and you know if you're the kind of person that doesn't really put out much it's just like a one-off thing that you did that might not seem like a big deal but if you are somebody who is regularly creating content and has a fan base and this is how maybe even how you earn some money with uh, ad revenue this could actually be quite um damaging um and i think this really stifles uh content creation because these companies can come through and flag things and it's pretty much up to you, the creator, to prove that, you know, the, the burden of proof is on you, the content uh, content creator. And so I think what the EU is has decided to do here is uh, create an environment that is more favorable to corporations who own licensed material so that they can kind of go through and, and, and do this. And, you know, Content creation on YouTube is just one example, but I think that is kind of the vein. It's a great example because of yeah. how how often content ID, the search, the the the, the, the upload filter that analyzes waveforms, for instance, of audio that's uploaded uploaded through, or like is 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 capable of checking for no, patterns of known content against the mm -hmm. database. YouTube is a really great example of that, I think, because there it has such shitty upload filters they get triggered over all sorts of things and 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 people who are trying to release under creative commons license get hit all the time things that are fair use get flagged all the time and right. and and it would appear that this 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 set of rulings i think that there's a, a discrepancy between um the european parliament's version and the council's 
there version. is and i think that i think that um one version shifts the onus of copyright infringement uh, uh liability to the platform provider correct and so that would that would extend that environment you were just describing to smaller and smaller organizations units people on the internet anybody hosting content you would be found liable so, and 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 thus preventing that content from being hosted in the first place by the the uh, necessity of having to protect yourself from liability by using upload filters see right. how that works <laughs> furthermore the, the the more damaging one is the link tax the idea that there's going to be a, a a a de facto charge a de facto charge for using utilizing any content including text from any other part of the internet in your content perhaps you've been you've been on the internet for more than five minutes and you've run across those little <laughs> those little blue bits of text that have the line under them when you hover your mouse over them and when you click the thing that you're reading changes to sh to show the link to what you had just clicked upon maybe you've noticed these little things that would be an instance where a charge can be collected for the original content owner regardless of whether or not they want it or not think about that for Crazy. a second that's it's insane so insane so yeah and 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 that that really reinforces the question that you had at the start here how do they plan on enforcing it when it's that broad and ubiquitous you know I think this is a. I think this goes back to the pattern in the European Union's Parliament when it comes to to technological problems. Is it sounds like they're setting themselves up to usurp all other global authority. And I'm look. I'm not going to sit here in the United States of America and tell anybody <laughs> <laughs> like that we have a a. a, a you know, a pot to piss on in this particular subject. Yeah. However, the realities of, of a distributed nation states all over the planet are going to make this jurisdiction seem impractical to carry out. And so the only practical effect that can happen is the siloing of the of networks on a on a, you know, continental in this case but jurisdictional basis you know china is already firewalled off in in many ways yeah. you know will the european union be the same and are we going to are we are we starting to see the the, the breakup of the internet or at least the balkanization of it god i hope not but it certainly doesn't look very good and this um this article that that we'll have in the notes kind of talked about something that I hadn't really hadn't really thought about before was about how that that kind of uh, licensing of content creation that used to be all controlled very, very closely. And it, it really wasn't until the Internet came along that it, it really opened up. And now it seems that the European Union is beholden to 
kind of corporate investors who want to bottle up that control again. And that seems to be what what they're going for. Honestly, the music industry and the, the film industry needs to, to have a Phoenix moment. They need to die and be reborn. All of these giant ancient companies that don't know how to do they all they know how to do is shove literal film down your throats for twenty dollars a unit. Like like plasticky magnetic strip of 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 stuff, you know? Tape. Tape. Yep. Actual feet and feet and feet of tape in units down your fucking throat. <laughs> That's what they know how to do. They don't know how to do anything. They've refused to learn in the last several decades and, and adapt their business model. And so they need to die. No, agreed. No, agreed. And But instead, it's cheaper for them to, uh, to influence <laughs> the people that make the decisions. And thus, we have these horrible pieces of legislation that I would be. I would, I would go out on a limb and say that your average person really doesn't support no no not at all and I, i'm gonna say it again towards the end of the show with something else and i want to make it very clear i do not not i do not shiny podcast does not condone pirating of illegal material movies music whatever the case may be for those who are interested in doing that sort of thing if you want people to pirate material this is a really great motivation for them to keep doing it. I'm going to take that a step further and say that you absolutely should back up the content that you legally paid for via whatever means necessary, regardless of what they want you to interpret their shitty license as. And I yeah, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about that again. Later yes, too. <laughs> it's very important, I believe, to do so. However, let's save that for later in the show. Right on. Cool. Anybody here a fan of Windows 7? Let me start over. Anybody here a fan of Windows 10? How about 8? <laughs> no. Any of them? No. Not especially. I think if we were to take a poll of the Windows using audience, I would suspect that the crowd favorite would remain Windows 7. Yes. In fact, uh, I think most enterprise businesses not most, a, a good solid percentage. Um, in fact, I think it's 40% uh, still run Windows yes. 7 and have not upgraded to Windows 10, despite it being free in the beginning. With no, <laughs> well, until recently, a lot of them had no plans to do so. Yes, until recently. And so uh, Microsoft has announced that those who are still clinging on to Windows 7 uh, will have to start paying a monthly fee in order to continue to get security updates. So it's end of uh, Windows 7 end of life is coming. That is in 2020. It's um, early in 2020, early right? I think it's yes, in Jan January yeah. 14th, January 14th, 2020. Yeah. And and so for businesses who want so, so for your average home user, it's it's over. It's the security updates are. are, are if you are running Windows for, 7 home, you can expect you to cease receiving security updates on that date. Yes, exactly. Uh, 
For enterprise and you know businesses, uh, they can opt to pay this monthly fee in order to continue to receive security updates. A monthly fee that will continue to rise as time goes and on. And is per device. So, yes, per. That's correct. Thank you. That's a good point. Per device. Which is well, I guess if you really want to strong arm your consumer base into upgrading their operating system, that is one. That is one way to do it. I have so many problems with this on so many levels. You don't, you don't. I have just, just <laughs> so many problems with this. The first problem that I have with this is like. <laughs> I do not. It's I lot. do not believe that any company should have the obligation to continue to support software past the point where they said they would. I really don't. I don't I don't think, you know, if if you know you make a thing, you can also kill a thing. You know what I mean? Like when when sure. I think that that's that's it, it's inherent in the you know, your and your status as a free individual to engage in, in enterprise. If you have a product, you can kill that product, you can sell a different product, you can do whatever you want with the thing you made. I would agree with that. In the case of an operating system, it is one of those products that occupies a space of, by necessity, incredible trust on the part of the consumer, right? And right. we are all too familiar with the security ramifications of an operating system that is not properly kept up to date and patched. And so this becomes the dilemma. You have a situation where a product has had a known end of life. And on the consumer's end, this is not, this should come as no surprise, right? Right. But the parent company, in this case, Microsoft, isn't killing the product now are they they're actually no. <laughs> continuing to support the product it's just that now they're charging you for that thing and so there is a real moral problem with continuing to develop security updates in my belief and and hold them behind a paywall when so many of the end users are not in a position to have a, a to, I mean, regardless of, of, they're not able to have a position in the conversation about that. The right. people who are actually going to be affected, the end users, the people like the, the, the people in the trenches who are just trying to get their job done, this has become now a several, several layer deep clusterfuck massive pile up on the interstate of, of of mistakes along the way and microsoft's microsoft's play here in charging money for these security updates it 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 speaks volumes to the absurdity of using a proprietary closed source product for your computing needs this is just I, I cannot point to a better reason 
for why people should not use Windows or any other proprietary operating system for their computer. I really can't understand with this reality, this market reality, the the double hostage that that end users are now are now under. Mm -hmm. And let alone the companies that sign their paychecks, you know, yeah, <laughs> like I cannot point to a better example for why the market needs to respond in kind and and move away from these legacy ways of of using your computing you're, you're using your computers and i think that especially for business there's no clearer there's no clearer example Because this is a non-issue in, yeah. in the open source world. It's like not a thing. The concept that like security <laughs> updates would ever be withheld for any reason whatsoever is like, it's not, it, it just, it, it does not compute. It doesn't, it's not in the parent. No, not in it's the not at all. It's not a thing. In the, yeah. Damn son. Yeah, I couldn't put it better myself. <laughs> so I won't. And Speaking of Microsoft, I I found this just. I mean, there are so there are several be, Microsofts. There really are. There there really there are. There's, are. There's, it's such a, a gargantuan company. There are several. Like I I love Microsoft, the open source software company. I love Visual Studio Code. It is the best text editor for what I do, hands down, bar none. I love it to pieces and I don't want to change. And <laughs> I don't care if people <laughs> think I'm crazy for running Microsoft software on my Linux computer. I love it. It's the best. But I really hate, I still hate Microsoft, the my Microsoft, this this leftover from the '90s that pulls this this shit with your fucking computer. Oh God, I hate it. It's the worst. It is the worst. So Microsoft, it, it, it has come out that they are going to begin testing a a pop up warning for Windows 10 users not to install Chrome or Firefox, but instead use their positively steaming pile of garbage browser internet explorer oh i'm sorry it's you just edge oh it's oh oh you're, you're absolutely right i too am st stuck in the past microsoft edge and the pop-up it says you already have microsoft edge the safer faster browser for windows 10 so Not only is this just just kind of an annoying pop up, it's also playing on the fears of maybe a user that doesn't maybe doesn't understand or have a full context for why Microsoft might be, you know, do, you know, do that sort of thing. And it just it's so frustrating and it makes me even more repulsed, more repulsed than I thought that I could be. This is kind of what what really. I feel like tipped me over on the the you know future of Windows 10 operating system being a, a desktop as a service. That if this is the kind of thing that you are prioritizing, 
and you want to manage my desktop and tell me how my desktop environment should be run? Um, hell fucking no. This is... I'm struggling to put into words exactly, it's like... stupid. It's how just angry stupid. I am about this. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's just like, what, what, like, why must... Why must these fundamental tools that we need to do our jobs constantly get dragged around by the yoke with these strategies like the, it's these these, you know, I mean, like Microsoft obviously has a stake. They would vastly prefer it if you would use their browser for so that, so that, the, you know, so that they can capture all of the metric that they don't already get with all of the other shit that's loaded into <laughs> Windows 10. I mean, like, that's the answer. That's what's happening here. Like, they, they want more of your shit. They want you to use their stuff so that, you know, partially they can justify to themselves the insane cost I'm sure they've spent just keeping this shit up to date. Yeah. But they, they, they want more of their hooks into you. And it's so stupid to think that somehow Edge could be safer than Firefox. That is just, it's just, it's not, it's not real. It's not real. I don't like Chrome and I don't like Google, but the con, but it's safer, please. You know, like just, yeah, come on. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. BS, it's scare tactics to, push people towards your absolute horrible horrible browser <laughs> it, it that's the i think that's actually i don't think edge is horrible i just think it's unusable because i can't use it on linux <laughs> so it doesn't exist to me <laughs> it's like give me a shot maybe well, i like it but you know that 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 no. point you'd have to you know do the the work to make it a functional you know actual multi-platform browser and uh, well, that's hard. Yeah, I'll pass. I, do it. I wouldn't fucking use it even if they did. But I give it a shot because I gave Visual Studio Code a shot, and it's the best. It's the best ever. So like, I don't know, man. I want to cut off that. I, I I don't mind it. I don't mind the Hydra. I just gotta. <laughs> we gotta take a few heads off. <laughs> you really need to get in touch with Hello Games and be like, get that game on Linux. For God's sake, it's if it's infuriating as an AMD G, GPU user. I love that. I love it. I love the, the whole stack. I love the card. It's great. But if it was an NVIDIA card today, I would be playing on I would be playing No Man's Sky on Linux through Proton today. And I don't so know. Sad. I just, you know, that's just the way it goes. <laughs> That's just the fucking way it goes. <laughs> but I think we're all going to be kneeling at the altar of Proton soon, friend. I think we're all going to get there in the not so very distant future. Beautiful. Can't mm -hmm. wait. Mm -hmm. The apple has been squeezed and thus we have juice. <laughs> yes, very juicy juicy iPhones new new hardware iPhone products from Apple announced this week so uh, um, following their uh, 10th anniversary iPhone X 10 I still don't know 
And uh, so now they have announced the new iPhone models, the XS, the XS Max, and the XR. Lots of X. I am not confused. <laughs> That's a lie. That's <laughs> so. What uh, what differentiates these these phones? They all have different notches, <laughs> but only but only one. Definitely no more than two. my understanding. We've discussed my why. understanding <laughs> is that the XS and the XX Max not did they even say that out loud before they sold it access <laughs> access in it in, in, in excess. excess yeah these are absolutely in excess <laughs> very excessive they look like super beefy iphone x's in two sizes right one of them is smaller and the other one is larger they both start at 64 gigs of space which you should get because neither of these phones sell for less than a thousand dollars in their most basic configuration however Correct. for those of you who think that a thousand dollars is too much to spend on a phone lucky you they've got the new xr which only clocks in at 749 dollars and I'm sorry that these are the only metrics that we are focusing on, but I cannot for the life of me find a, a standout feature in any of these. Any single one of these that <laughs> hasn't existed. It really is. They just took the iPhone X10, 10X, 10X and made it in a couple different form factors. And one is cheaper with a shittier battery. So, yeah. That and a, that and sounds, a different screen. That's that it. sounds it's about a right. different and then they have a different screen as well that makes it so that you know, it costs the company $4 less to make so they can drop the price by $700 or by $250. So, um I don't man, I I like to think that that, you know, I call out cool shit when I see it. I'm just super impressed with these iPhones. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm like massively underwhelmed. I think the new watch is cool. I think that the uh, the increase in uh, uh, heart rate monitoring and that it's going to give you. I think that's yeah. really, really neat. I think that. No, that is cool. Yeah, no, I think sure. that um, for sure, you know, the ability to track all of that stuff and have more intense metric is like really, really nice. But I think that's probably the most impressive thing that they put out um, this particular release. So um, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, that's about where I landed as well. <laughs> it's kind of I'm just great. Your new your new phones are our old phones. They have they claimed that it had some new post photo depth of field editing, which actually has been around for I think a couple of years, right? And uh, every single day, the uh, uh, Mac Pro users are going, uh, "Guys, guys, <laughs> hey, I'd like to buy, I'd like to spend ten grand on a computer. Can you 
please make a thing for me to buy ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, great job, Apple. Your watch is kind of cool. Your phones look like they did last year. But golly, doesn't Tim Cook look great in those white sneakers? And oh, by the way, you know, just it should be said in in all fairness, the new A12 chips smoke the next fastest Snapdragon chips by like, you know, a factor of three. So Apple makes the best mobile processors on the planet. It's just the truth. Fair enough. I hate that it's called A12 Bionic, though. Yes, I really do. There's something really stupid about that. Bantu 1804's code name is the Bionic Beaver. Let me have this. (laughs) This is the year of Bionic. And you ripped it away from us. Hey, I own. Speaking of Apple, I own. I I go on iTunes and I buy a movie, and that's my movie, right, Colin? Um, no, decidedly not, according to Apple and probably a few other companies as well. But all that digital media, all that stuff, you do not own that. I hate to break it to you. If you thought that you, you know, that thing that you paid money for um, and that you downloaded onto uh, your iTunes, if you thought that you owned that material and the ability to own it in perpetuity, you were wrong, you silly person. (laughs) How dare you be so presumptuous? So Apple... uh, (laughs) Uh, or rather, it has been um, pointed out that on iTunes, Apple has begun uh, implementing something called a memory hole for um, uh, digital media. So if you buy a movie or, or, or whatever the case may be, a song, uh, if at any point in time in the future, iTunes and Apple lose the uh, licensing of, uh, uh, licensure to continue to push that to their platform, that uh, media disappears. Irrelevant if you downloaded it. It it goes away. You no longer have access to it and apparently uh, <laughs> will not be able to get any sort of compensation for it despite the fact that, again, you paid money to own a thing that you don't actually own. Cross-reference this in your brain against the story from the EU earlier of this government entity trying to push forward laws that would enshrine these content ownership rights in the hands of the corporations. Yeah, so we said it before, back up all of your media, just do it. In a separate location, free from iTunes, if you if if that's even possible. Um, and again, I do not, and Shiny Podcast does not condone the pirating of copyright material. However, if you want people to pirate your copyrighted material, this is a real good way to motivate them to do it. And I think it would be a really great idea for us to take the moment to explain how not to back up your content in a uh, torrenting situation. What I would not do is download Transmission, which is an excellent torrent client. 
I wouldn't then select a VPN that is known to uh, ensure your privacy, like private internet access or ExpressVPN or AirVPN. I would not then turn on that VPN and go in a private session inside of Firefox or the Tor browser if you're even if you're even more paranoid. And then I would not navigate. And definitely. Oh, go for it. Oh, definitely do not create a virtual machine either to oh, further protect that's yourself. A, that would be a uh, terrible idea to, to, to do that. And then yes. once you have your, your web browser in a sufficient level of, of, you know, sufficient level, I definitely would not go over to Torrent Freak and browse the top rated and trusted torrent trackers on the internet. I would then not click through to the one that you're probably going to choose, which is probably a proxy of the Pirate Bay anyway. I would then not type in the name of the content that you are trying to back up, and I would not search by the highest number of cedars listed on that index. I would then not click on the magnet link to send that torrent file to transmission and allow it to start downloading from people all over the world at speeds that you cannot achieve by a, a direct download. That is what I would not do, and that is how you would not back up your content. Do not. But on to fu more fun things. <laughs> Let me try to take that segue again, because that's 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 it's really important to get this right. Because I think that Netflix totally got it right by casting Henry Cable, yeah. known as Superman, in some movies that I think are fan creations. They've been tossed around the internet recently. Some some fan movies by a. a bunch of jokesters called uh, 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 Time Warner. Anyway. Um, yeah, Henry Cavill, Superman, is going to be Geralt in Netflix's Witcher series. That is super cool. Just fantastic. Great choice. I wouldn't have thought of him for this role at all, but it absolutely, I think it absolutely makes sense and is a great choice. There. I'm just again. I'm just excited that they got yeah, to the casting. It's phase. actually happening. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still super uh, uh, cautious about the show because this is a book series and a video game series that is very near and dear to my heart. And um, not not that if the show is bad, it's not. It's obviously not going to ruin those experiences for me. But it would be a little disappointing. However. I am feeling more optimistic about, about it now. I feel like I've read somewhere. I, maybe this, this might maybe my brain making it up, but I thought that they were going to focus on the earlier part of his story, um, not the ones that have been sort of enshrined in the video games. Correct. It's. I think it's going to focus primarily on his, um, basically adopting Cirilla Siri. Um, which which is uh, in in the book series. So I think it is going to focus more on that period of time. Um, and then I imagine if it's successful, we'll kind of keep going because the uh, the books, like the video games, are a um, an appendage to the books. It's you mean um, an appendix? <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> I did. I love that. Just this like tendril. Just <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. I did. I did mean that. It's been a long week. No judgments. 
My brain don't work so good right now. <laughs> so, the, <laughs> yes. So the uh, the books are great. I highly recommend them. Uh, no no tendrils, except for maybe a couple for a couple on monsters mm. that Geralt might be fighting. But um, wonderful, wonderful books. Uh, but they really flesh out the world, the story, why the world is the way that it is, the different political factions, the wars that are happening. Um, so if, if you have played those video games, uh, Witcher Three, and you know two prior to that as well um and really liked them i recommend the books and probably get a much better sense of what's probably going to happen in the show or you could wait till henry cable stars and the netflix is what you're saying or just wait yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes and one other thing about the the casting here, um, I was pretty bummed out to see this, uh, or rather to see people's reactions to this. So the the the, the book series is uh, written by a Polish author. They take place in what is functionally medieval Europe, just in a different universe, um, different dimension, and so. I think the presumption is is that all of the the casting would be predominantly white actors, and so it uh, came to light that in the casting call for Cirilla for Siri, that um, uh, Netflix was actually looking for a B A M E or a Black Asian and other non-white minority ethnic for to to, to be the actress for that role, and. I do not see any problems with this, but a lot of people did, uh, apparently. So much so that uh, certain Twitter accounts had to be shut down and Reddit, of course, which can be just a seething cesspool of of racism and bigotry, uh, just went nuts with this with this news, um, which is very disappointing. My brain can't even co comprehend how fucking stupid that is. It's so stupid. It's so, mm. so stupid. Just fucking... Really? Of all... Jesus fucking Christ. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. It's patently uh. ridiculous. It's so upsetting. And... I hope that Siri is black or Asian or any other ethnic group aside from Caucasian and stick it to those motherfuckers. I hope the entire series is just close-ups of assholes yeah. farting. <laughs> just, just anus is just <clears throat> farting and that's all that they do. And it's just, it's all different colors of an asshole and it, that's, that's it. It's the Witcher <laughs> yeah, series. Yeah. This is what you fucking deserve. <laughs> Dickheads. Dickheads. Jesus. Anyway, so casting has begun. We've got a major star for the leading role in the series. I can't wait to see this show. There is no release date. There's no timeline whatsoever. We have no idea when this is coming out. I would say probably no earlier than 2020, but that's just me. But I'm very excited. We will have to wait. Though we do not want to. No. Nine. We will. We will. We will. Yes. We'll wait for you, Netflix. We'll stay here. <laughs> don't sit right here. Don't you 
dare start showing me ads though. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> oh forgot about dare. that. Don't you dare. Don't, Don't you dare. dare. Something I, I want, I want every, if you, if you are listening to this ever and you happen to work in a, in a technology company, you provide an online service, you, something like that, understand that nobody cares about you. And <laughs> I think I speak for a lot of people. I will rip you out of my digital life like you're a battery in a car or like you're a, a like a you know a, a faulty alternator it'll rip you out so fucking hard and i will never think about you again <laughs> so don't so don't you will stop getting money <laughs> that's a problem for a business anyway anyway <laughs> my friend do you have a happy I do, and it actually it should have been my happy for last uh, last time, um, but I totally spaced on it. I think oh, last really? last time I talked about um, a mod for No Man's Sky, um, but what I had wanted to talk about, and what I'm gonna uh, uh, just mention right now, if you have been um, awaiting the arrival of any information about CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077. You would have been very happy to have seen some actual gameplay footage of the game a few weeks ago. Um, For a while, too. Yeah. Yes. It was like an entire mission. It wasn't just like a couple of minutes. It was a it was a full, I think, 45 minutes of gameplay where they run through one of the early missions that that you have uh, the option of, of running through. And wow you got a really good look at how that world feels, what it looks like, what it sounds like, what the character you're playing is like, the life that they lead, and and some of the major players in the world. You get a sense of how the uh, combat mechanics work, how some of the RPG mechanics work. Um, the uh, I know a lot of people were concerned about the first-person aspect of it, which I think is... Guys, it's a different. It, it's not The Witcher. It's a different game. <laughs> They're allowed to change it up. Anyway, they are allowed. It's in first person. It looks wonderful. It. I am so excited for this game. They did, and I. What one thing I really appreciated that they did is a, a few times throughout the game, especially towards the end, they were like, "These things we're about to do, they may not be in the final game." like basically do not don't hold us to this do now. not get upset at us if this particular specific thing is not in the final product so sad that they have to do that but eh, humans humans so um if you hadn't haven't had a chance to 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 look to to, to watch that video and uh it's a game that you're interested in and and you know didn't know it was out there go watch it right now it's awesome i can't wait for this game i cannot wait and we'll just go ahead and grab the link and drop it into the show notes for you totally i will do that right now i got it cool. i got it baby. yeah oh thanks babe Hi, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and mr chris what is your happy my happy mm, let me think you know I'm just happy the seasons are changing. 
be completely frank. I know Same. a lot of people hate uh, hate hate the winter and hate the to see it get cold again. I'm not going to claim myself to be the biggest fan of winter, but I love it when the seasons change, and I absolutely love fall. So I'm pretty happy about that. Same here, man. Same here. Fall is my easily my favorite time of year. It's it's got everything that I look forward to like throughout the year, and in, I'm one of those people that is not crazy about summer. <laughs> so mm-hmm. as as a larger animal, uh, I, I find summer to be very uncomfortable. So, <laughs> so I look forward to the fall and the winter very, very much. Rolling up the leaves. Mm-hmm. Cider donuts. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, it's coming. Dark that, beers, that makes me happy. beef stews. Mm. I want that. I want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think go. that's the show. That is the show. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, you would be awesome. We would love to hear from you, whether it's stuff that you want to hear on future episodes, feedback about past episodes, whatever the case may be. We would love to hear from you. We have some social media. Uh, Twitter. My handle is at the Ollie 11. And I'm at Luxola. We also have a shared account at Cast of the Shine. You can check us out on Facebook as well. We do have a website, shinypodcast.com, where you can download our episodes. Uh, but I'm sure you have an awesome podcast catching application for doing so. You can also email us, hello, at shinypodcast.com. Colin, it's been real. Always a pleasure real to make fun. a podcast with you. And dear friends, we'll see you right back here next week. Thanks, everyone. Dude, that was nice and tight. Nice and tight. Just like the new Witcher series from Netflix. (laughs) Oh, wait. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's funny.